You're it. You're it. You're it. Quitsies. Any quitsies. You're it. Quitsies. No any quitsies. No startsies. You can't do that. Can't do. Cannot. Stamped it. Can't do. Double stamped it. No erases. Cannot. Triple stamped it. No erases. Touch no, blue. Make it no, true. No. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lloyd. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lloyd. Lloyd. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? This is a Manhattan bound one train. Welcome, 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 one and everyone. As you may have deduced by now, this is the Nobody's in New York podcast presented by the Brothers Stew. It's a podcast about the lifetimes, trials, and tribulations of life at the Big Apple Baby. That's Showbiz Kid. Yeah. And other ramblings. You know, mostly food. Food and musical theater. Both palatable. <laughs> Well, sometimes not. We'll see. We'll see. In today's Fatty Fatty No Friends, we're trying something that may not be so palatable. Have you ever thought about the word palatable? Well, not just the word palatable, but where words come from, like break them up. Palatable. Palate-able. I'm able to palate this. Or I'm not able to palate this. <laughs> uh, no, I have never. Well, I, yes, I have. I will say when, so I had a history, a theater history teacher when I was in school who every week would have some sort of word, usually theatrically based word or, you know, having to do with theater. And he would break it down for us, you know, and tell us where it came from. And it always blew my mind because it seemed so obvious, but I had just never thought of it before. Like palatable, able to palate. Give us a theatrical example. Oh God. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look that up. Um, Don't you remember? Didn't you take the class? Yeah, but I'm an American, so I study for the test. I don't study to actually retain anything. Ah, how you doing, Eric yeah. Stein? <laughs> uh, anyway, pal- palatable is a perfect example. I I just want to say real fast, also before we get into this too much. Um, act two of this episode, we are going to be interviewing Broadway's Robert Cuccioli. Which I am super stoked about. This guy is a BFD. He is a big fucking deal. He was the original Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway. Both of them. Uh, he, uh, both of them, yes. And he was the Green Goblin in um, Spider-Man on Broadway. Turn he was Javier and Les Mis on Broadway. Um, he's done a lot of really cool stuff. He's Scrooge right now with me here at uh, Crit. But at, if we uh, say the whole interview in the teaser, then what's the point of listening? Well, I'm not saying the whole interview. I'm just telling them what he's done. Yeah, but he's going to tell us what he's done. Yeah, well, it's called a teaser for a reason. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, listen in for that. Uh, and also, this is probably going to be the last episode before the new year because we're, I'm going to come home soon and uh, I need a fucking vacation, man. Yeah, seriously. Like, I, I just want some time to just not do anything except for see family and do all yeah, that. Yeah, just sit around, enjoy each other's company, be gratitude in us. And eat some food. Look forward to a new year. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Gratitudinal. So, okay, great. Okay, let's move on from that then. Uh, how how was your week? No, Do no, you no. Want to get into this no, yet? No, 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 oh. no. no uh, 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 whoa, whoa, there, Bucko. Sorry, I, I get have... so ahead of myself. Golly, get so ahead of myself. Somebody's had a lot of coffee this morning. I have had a lot of caffeine, lovely. Oh. Uh, I am your... What am I? What am I this week? I don't know. What hmm. are you? Reco- I Okay. Okay, stop and I... think about it before you give me half a clean take. <laughs> I am your healing... No, that's not no, that's, how I want to say no, that. No, that's dumb. Brother I in recovery? I am your... Brother in recovery, Alex Stewart. Okay, give it a clean take. I am your brother in recovery, Alex Stewart. And I am your healthy as a horse brother, Timothy Stewart. Uh, I... Are horses always healthy? Well, not if they break a limb. No, because then, well, yeah, then you got to shoot them dead, apparently. Which I hate, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I really hate that. You know what? I've heard people justify that to me by saying, oh, well, it's not the same as if you break a leg. It's like, think about tearing off their limb. That's what it's like. You know what? If somebody ripped my leg off, please don't just shoot me. I still could live a life with one leg. I, th- I Yes. And I think that it's about how expensive it is to... Because horses are so expensive, and if you don't have it for any reason other than racing or whatever, it's not, you know, it's too expensive to have a, a three-limbed horse, especially if it's a racehorse. It's got no purpose in some people's views. That's sad. Send it to, you know what, if it's all the same to you and you're just shooting it, send it to, like, a, hosp- a hospital, a horsepital. <laughs> or, or, like, or, or a... a... What are those called? An animal sanctuary. Just, do you gotta kill? Do you have to kill it? I mean, come on. Yeah, we have actually some horse listeners. Uh, horse listeners. We have a lot of horses we, who listen to the show. We do. We do actually. Uh, go ahead and yeah, send us a text and let us know about this issue. Those of you, no, seriously though, those of you who have horses or, or take care of horses, I want to know how you feel about that. Well, I'm pretty sure you feel like that's effed up. But how do you feel about harness races? I want to know about that, too. Oh, okay. Like, animal Switching lovers gears. don't like the circus. Well, no. I mean, no. Well, no, because it's the harness races. That's where they... Oh, wait, that's where they kill limb, them dead? Well, if if a racehorse breaks its limb and it's not going to be recoverable, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. You were saying you're um, the brother on the men, so why don't you go into detail about that? Well, I, I, um, I had, I guess it all started on Christmas Eve. I was in performance for, so I, so Christmas Eve was on what? Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night I got back. I had a double show day on Saturday. We just, we had a 10 show week, which is so intense. Um, and I got back from my shows on Saturday night and I wasn't feeling so hot. I had gone out to dinner with some members of my cast and I got everything that everybody else had. And I, I've sort of been doing this. Well, I say I've been doing this vegan thing, but I have been eating so many milk and dairy based Christmas treats over the past week. So I really haven't been vegan at all, which whatever. Um, but I came back and I had a curry chicken wrap, which is also not vegan, <laughs> vegan. Um, 
And a couple other people in my cast had it, so I didn't think anything of it, but I, I started feeling kind of sick. My uh, One of my best friends, Sam, and his family, who is like family to me, the La Rivieres, uh, came and saw the show. They were coming to the show on the 24th, and I was going to go with them to spend Christmas with them. And so they saw the show, but I woke up on Christmas Eve, and it was beautiful and snowy outside. It was so nice. And I felt uh, I felt some jumbles in the old bread basket. And I thought, well, you know, whatever. I feel better than I did last night, I think. But I was kind of achy and stuff. And I got to the show. And just as we started the show, I started to feel really sick. Like very, very like achy. Not necessarily like I was going to puke or anything like that, but just like my stomach was kind of crampy and uh, you ever get that feeling where you're just really sensitive to touch. You're just very like yes. achy and like you can feel your clothes on your back. Yeah. Your skin feels a little sore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I was kind of feeling like that throughout the show. And then we have this number, which is a, a PT Barnum number, like a circus number, which is, you know, one of your essentials in a Christmas Carol. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I, I do a lot of dancing in that and I got off stage for that and I felt like my head was about to explode and I went and sat on, we have a couch in our, in our dressing room. So in the men's dressing room, we have a couch and then we have, we also have a shower and a, and a bathroom and I'm laying there on the couch and the second act has already started. And the, the first thing that I do is actually about halfway through the second act. And I, I have to lift this big giant puppet, this, you know, the big black, scary um christmas yet christmas to come future. yeah so i don't come in until that and i'm still in my costume from the first act i couldn't even change out of it i'm like not mobile and i'm just laying there on the couch and i am so achy and my head is just pounding and all of a sudden i feel it it's coming i take off my costume i go into the bathroom in just my underwear and like my i think i even still had my microphone on I took it off my ear, but I, you know, it's a pain in the ass to get it off. And I just start retching in the bathroom and Mm. I don't, I don't want to gross people out. So that's all I say. You know, I, I, it's, it's finally coming up and, and there, I had two, two friends, two castmates in the dressing room and I felt so bad that they had to listen to it, but I was just like, it was just, and I got out of there. At that point, you're not really thinking about (laughs) anybody else. Yeah. I'm not thinking anything other than, oh my God, I want to die. And I feel like I'm already halfway there. So I I come out and they're trying to give me water and everything. And I am just pale and I can't see straight. I'm so dizzy. I start getting into my costume because I'm getting ready to lift this giant puppet. And I finally decide, I'm like, there's there's no way that I can lift it. Like, I thought I, was, I felt like I was going to pass out. And so I make my way backstage. I can't see straight. And I go and tell one of the assistant stage managers, I was like, I can't, I can't lift the puppet. Like, I can't do it. And they don't believe me because I'm a jackass and I'm never serious backstage. So why would they believe me? And I'm like, oh my God, this, I deserve this. Uh, that, see, that's part of the trouble of being the way we are. <laughs> yeah. you deserve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's kind of like being the boy that cried wolf. It's exactly like it. And I, I, I was like, no, Catherine, you have to believe me. I can't, I literally can't do it. And I, I'm like shaking. You know what I mean? I'm like, like, Way, I, I feel like I look pretty awful, but it's dark back there. So they finally believe me. They have to walk me back to the dressing room. Wait, wait. Hang on, though. You're such a shit that you tell 
the stage management that you can't go on and they don't believe you. I tell a lot of jokes backstage, Tim. <laughs> All right. Okay. It took me a little while. It took me a little while to convince them. Um, and so anyway, they, they have to walk me back and I just get these horrible chills and horrible shakes. And I was like, there's no way that I can, you know, I don't know how I'm going to finish this show. So I go on for, I, I don't do the puppet thing. I think an ASM does it, an assistant stage manager. And then I, um, and then I go on for this short, I, 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 I start singing one of the songs, you know, I'm one of the first people to sing in one of the songs in the second act, me and this other guy, Jeff. And I go on to start that. And then as soon as I'm done singing my part, I just walk off stage and I was like, I can't finish the show. Like I literally cannot finish the show and we don't have any swings or understudies in this show. So oh, wow. I just, yeah. It's so it's short run or that seems, yeah. dang- that seems like a dangerous choice to make for a Christmas time show. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but it's a short run and yeah. But people tend to get sick and you're doing 10 show days. It just seems like it would be shrewd to have a, a swing or at least a, a contingency plan. Yeah, well, they had other, yeah, luckily I don't do, you know, there's not a ton, the second act is short and I don't do a tremendous amount, most of my stuff's in the first act, so they were able to get it taken care of, but I came out after the show and I saw our friends, the La Rivieres, and I just lost it, man, I just started crying, I was like, I'm so sorry, like, Sam's finally in town. Oh, they were at the show and everything. Yeah, they came to the show, yeah, and um, I was like, I don't think I can go back with you guys, because I was supposed to go back to their house for Christmas, and... Anyway, they convinced me to go back, and I, I, I just didn't think. I was like, I, I think I'm going to be in the fetal position. Like, I might need to go to the ER. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep any sort of fluids down or whatever. Um, but, you know, we they had presents for me, and I had presents for them. And so I sat in the car with them for about an hour, which I thought was just going to be miserable to get back to their house. And I basically just slept all of Christmas Eve um, at their house, and they just kind of you know, let me stay in the room and they got me some Gatorade, you know, did that, all that crap that you do when you're sick. And they ate chili dogs, correct? So I was in the room, the room next to their living room and they had, they had people over and they were all eating chili dogs and stuff like that. But that's how I knew that I was starting to feel better because I was like, oh, I'm starving. That actually sounds really good. Mm. I didn't eat Mm -hmm. any. There's nothing like a chili dog at Christmas tide. I love that. I love that they did like chili dogs. I think they did like tacos or like, Oh, it all sounded, it actually sounded really good. So, um, but I had to, you know, had to, had to pace myself through Christmas, but I ended up having a great Christmas. They like showered me with gifts, which was so unnecessary and unexpected. Um, but it was a really good Christmas. I really wanted to be able to party with them a little more. Again, Sam is like one of my best buddies. Um, but it was so good. If I couldn't be at home, I'm glad that I could be with friends. That's such yeah. an important thing around this time of year. Uh-huh. Especially when you're sick. Oh my God. I've never, have you ever been that? I mean, you get sick a lot during shows. No, I actually don't. But when I do get sick, I get big sick. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, last year when I was doing Christmas Carol at the, the great American melodrama and vaudeville company, I got bronchitis Oh, ain't nobody got time for that. No, not when you have 11 show weeks. 11 show weeks. Yeah, that's, oh my God, slave drivers. But what I will say is, so it was a mixed bag of good and terrible because I didn't, I wasn't hacking up a lung like you would think with bronchitis, uh, but my ears were plugged. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, 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 because I was on tour and I was going through California at the time. Yeah, my ears were plugged for and like I a saw month. You. Yeah. That's why I finally went to the doctor, and he was like, oh, yeah, you practically have pneumonia. 
Oh my god! And there's nothing you can do because you—that's another show where you had no understudies, eleven show weeks, and you just had to go on and endure it. Yeah, and you have to work the bar, which they didn't make me do while I was sick. But regardless, how was your how was your Christmas? My Christmas was good. I spent it at You're Dad home and for Christmas. House. I am home for Christmas. Yes, I uh, was uh, Christmas past. Melinda Pratt says in our version of Christmas Carol, it is always good to go home and never better than at Christmas. And I have to say that that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like a, there, I mean, every other Christmas song is literally about being home for Christmas. Uh huh. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. It's been really fun. I've had a lot of people who've been able to come see my show, which is not usually the case, as you know, when you're doing stuff out of town. Yeah. Almost never. Very few people come and see my shows. Yeah, but this is this has been very nice. I had, I, oh, and our closing was the 23rd in the evening, Christmas Eve Eve. And oh, I, I had that. a good amount of people there to see and support me. And that was just so, it's such a great way to end a run. Well, and here's the thing. I am so fucking talented that it it makes mm. me really sad that people don't come and see the incredible incredible work that i'm doing on stage now you say something i i just don't really know what to say to that i don't want people to think that i subscribe to what you just said so i'm trying to be cautious oh i'm tim big words big words big words fellatio fellatio rashad we can cut that if it doesn't work. So uh, you closed on the 23rd. Yeah, we closed on the 23rd, and I spent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with Dad and Denise and Carly and Jared, and okay. we had a nice time. Yeah, the Christmas Eve was great. We just had food, and we Dad and I cooked. Yeah, and he, he uh, made us a bunch of toonies, martinis, and we just had a good time cooking. He made peanut brittle. I made lumpia, and we made cheese dip together, and it was just a really nice time. But I love to cook and drink. Most importantly, it sounds like you made merry. We did make merry, and you have to make merry on Christmas tide. At Christmas tide, you really do. There is not I cherish dearer than my home at Christmas tide. And we watched Scrooged, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah, and Carol King. Then on Christmas Day, we had coffee and champagne, and we opened gifts, and we watched the best version of Christmas Carol, which is the George C. Scott version from 1984. Super duper well done. Um, yeah, and then we just got ready, yeah. and we went over to uh, Denise's sister Leslie's house and had a great Christmas. We had So Denise's nephew is a professional chef, and he made us homemade wassail. Wassail, wassail, wassail on Christmas Day. Is that how that song goes? I don't know what that song was that you just sang. It's from Christmas Carol. It's from the f- Christmas Carol you just did. Oh, that was not from it. Okay, well, it was in it when I did it. It goes, wassail, wassail. Oh, shit, now I can't remember how it goes. Hang on. Wassail, wow, wassail. sounds pretty close to what I just sang. Lift we all a cup to warm us now to the end of the year. <laughs> wassail, wassail, health be with you this Christmas. Wassail, wassail, plenty for one and all. Okay, that's pretty close to what I just sang. You do you had no idea what I was talking about just now? No, I didn't. Okay, you're so full of... Okay, so I don't know if you've ever had actual wassail, but... Um, Sorry, no. texting me. I don't right even now. know what I that is. Okay, put your sorry. phone down. Put I'm the sorry. phone down. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, so um 
If you if you've never had a podcast. So if you've never had wassail, it tastes like fucking apple pie in a cup. It's delicious. Go on. It's, you have to so you you separate the eggs and the yolks and you meringue up the or I guess just whip up the egg whites so they're like a meringue consistency and then you whip up the yolks and then you fold them in and then you temper that and you add it to like booze and stuff. And then there's like actual like soaked baked apples in it as well. It's just delicious. And so the song, Here We Come, a wassailing upon the leaves so green, that song, apparently mm-hmm. in the old days they would like drink it, but also kind of like throw it onto like Christmas trees and stuff when they would like go walking through the woods. It's like a, probably some sort of weird pagan tradition. But yeah, so that's where that song comes from. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we had that and it was delicious. A lot of weird shit back in the day. Yeah, they did. They, Cause they, you know, they didn't have no phones. They didn't have no technology. So they had to make shit up. They're like, Oh, let's throw frothy drinks at trees and call it Christmas tradition. <laughs> but you know, you have to make your own Christmas cheer. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, also John, Leslie's husband makes this delicious, de- and I mean, delicious, decadent, homemade eggnog. Oh, I love eggnog. I bought, I went to Trader Joe's, which I miss desperately not being in the city. Um, and they had an almond eggnog, which I purchased and, uh, not bad. Not as good as the real eggnog, but still good. That I'm not a big eggnog person, but I have been finding new ways. No, I'm not, but I've been finding new ways to enjoy eggnog lately. I'm always finding new ways to enjoy alcohol, which eggnog is great for. Uh, hey, I wanted to make mention of something. It's okay. going to be it's going to be uh, New Year's Eve and also the New Year. Okay. Yes. Correct. Soon, which I think we're we're all glad of because at the end of every year, people like to say things like, "Oh, uh, 2018 sucked, and the New Year gonna be great." <laughs> yeah, they really do. Yeah. And people like to talk like Sylvester Stallone when they do that. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so being very on brand for us, New York at New Year's Eve. Can you think of a more populated place in all of America? Have you ever been in New York on New Year's Eve? I, I think don't you know you the answer to that question, and it's no. However, however, I will say um, I, I, I do know a lot about the topic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Those restaurants that we talk about uh, that are around Times Square and the popular downtown area, such as Applebee's, Olive Garden, Ruby Tuesday, all those places, mm-hmm. they sell tickets on Christmas Eve to go so you can be there for the ball drop and all that kind of thing. Which is a shrewd... a restaurant? Yes. Yeah, because you're buying a reservation to be in a spot for the ball drop and all that. Okay. And, um, they, the funny thing is, okay, so what I will say first to their credit is that is smart of them. And if I was a business, I would be doing the same thing because you are in a a spot where you can have dinner and cheer and, and drinks and also watch the ball drop and you're warm and inside. So yes, good on them. However, they try to class up what they're doing to justify charging fucking $500 for a ticket. What? Oh my god. Now there are different tiers of tickets depending on what you're going to get. But we're talking like grandio like grand prix tickets, like you're going to spend a few hundred dollars. And uh, if you do that you're in, I'm sorry. If you do that you are a certain brand. I I would never I would never 
Again, it's putting you in Times Square for the ball drop. That's like a pretty, that's kind of a, that's a significant thing. Like, that's a once in a lifetime experience, I think, right? Okay, if you think that that's going to be fun and magical, because I thought it was too before I moved to New York. I thought New York on Christmas Eve, oh, I'd like to be in Times Square just to see the ball drop, just to say I did it. I think it'd be really fun and really magical and really cool. Let me tell you, I've been there. It's not. Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to get into this. We're going to get into this. I'm just saying. God damn it. If you could have been in a restaurant <laughs> instead of on the street, it probably would have been a better experience, and I'm going to get more into why mm-hmm. in a sec. But what I do think is comical is how much these restaurants try to play up what you're getting. One of the things that I saw is oh, these God. past hors d'oeuvres, which always sounds fancy, doesn't it? Ooh, there's past hors d'oeuvres. They're just the fucking breadsticks and other appetizers on the goddamn menu. <laughs> so you're telling me now I got to hunt down a waiter with a tray to get my breadsticks instead of trying to bother the waiter to bring me a basket with a significant a amount? Basket of a, significant, a basket with a significant amount of warm ones. No, I'd rather take just one cold one every 20 minutes. Yeah, that sounds great. And you know what? You know what? I bet you they cut it in half. Oh, of course they do. I bet you you're not getting a full breadstick. Anyway. You're not anyway. getting a full matzo stick. You're getting a third. So you can buy these tickets to be there. And now I, what I will say, the saving grace is you're going to get a bathroom. So wait a second. I can pay to be crammed and miserable on New Year's Eve. Well, I, I doubt it's crammed. I'm sure that that's part of the appeal, part of the, the, ex, the, the reasoning behind paying such an exorbitant amount of money is that it's not crammed. I'm be- I bet it's pretty crammed. I think the best part is going to be that you have access to a bathroom. Yeah, that's pretty big. So I I tried walking through. I was actually leaving New York on New Year's Eve once, and I had a suitcase with me because I was actually going up to Connecticut. I you I could not walk through Times Square. You cannot get through Times Square. Well, they probably don't even bath. let you, right? You can't. Oh, yeah, 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 they yeah. literally don't even let you. It is it is a fiasco. You couldn't you couldn't pay me to be in Times Square for New Year's Eve, let alone ask for my money to be in Times Square on New Year's Eve. There, there's just no, if you do, I, I, and thousands of people do it. I don't. I well, don't you better it. bring a, you better bring a water bottle because you're going to have to pee and they don't let you out once you go in. Dude, it's hard enough finding somewhere to pee in that part of New York, in Midtown Manhattan. Like just yeah, in it, every other day. Yes. Ringler was telling me though to men- to make mention of the wall ball pee situation, but it, that's real. Another reason why why would you want to go? You have to stand there forever. It's cold, y'all. It's cold, Cali listeners. It's y'all are all bundled up when it's fifty five degrees outside. I'm talking. It's cold, okay? And you're out. It's like tw- you know. It's like it's like less than thirty degrees. Oh yeah, yeah. Your piss will probably freeze before you leave. In your stomach. In your stomach. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know why anybody would want to do it. You know, whenever I think about New Year's Eve in Times Square, I think about the movie Forrest Gump. When they get those hookers. Oh, Forrest yeah. Gump and, and, and Lieutenant Dan get the hookers and she mm-hmm. goes, or he says, she tastes like cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, I think of that too. Anyway. I, I absolutely do. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you brought that to our attention so that we could warn people if you go, don't, don't go to New York on New Year's Eve. I mean, I guess you can go to New York on New Year's Eve, but like. Don't go to Times Square. Don't go to Times Square. That's just, ugh. And if you do, you know what? I warned you. I, I, I will, you. I will be in New York on New Year's Eve because I fly out of LaGuardia um, to California on the 1st at 6 a.m., which is going to suck. But 
I will not be leaving my But apartment. you get to look forward to presents when you get home. Uh, and I get to look forward to giving presents. And people get to look forward to my presents. So, should we move on? Yes, let's. Should we spout out some shout-outs? Can I just say real fast before we spout out some shout-outs? Yeah. I, I, I just want to say a, a little, just a little gripe that I have um, that's always kind of bugged me. I hate that Christmas ends so dramatic, like so quickly. On Abruptly? The Abruptly, thank you. Um, You're welcome. On the 26th. The day after Christmas. Yeah, it's like we build up to it. We spend so much time building up to it. And then all of a sudden the 26th, the 26th happens and and like there's no Christmas music on the radio. There's no like, like what the hell? There's 12 days of Christmas starting on the 25th. That's true. Doesn't that, that is seem true. weird to you? Well, what seems weird to me is that we spend all this time building up to Christmas and then it happens and then boom, it's gone. Literally there what I just be said. Like... That's literally what I just said. Well... There should be some sort of wind down after Christmas. It's like, yeah. like I don't know, a cri- like songs that are like Christmas is over, but New Year's Eve is a coming. Oh, somewhere New Year's song. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I. So I'm, I'm still in Connecticut. I'm still doing a Christmas show, which always feels weird doing a show after Christmas, but only because like everybody else has stopped doing Christmas stuff. So I'm still listening to Christmas music because I still have a Christmas show to do until the 30th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't like that. I don't like that. It's like all of a sudden because the stores can't sell Christmas merchandise, we don't get to listen to Christmas music anymore. And I just think that that's bullshit. I mean, it does feel weird to listen to Christmas music after Christmas in the same way that it feels weird to do a Christmas show after Christmas. I don't know. Like, it doesn't feel any weirder to me to listen to Christmas music before Christmas than after Christmas. It's a season. It's a season. Yeah, like we're going to be having Christmas in a few days when I get home to California. So why yes. stop listening to Christmas music? Well, Christmas isn't over for us, so I could keep listening to it. That's for sure. I don't think it has to be over for anybody. Well, everybody's free to live their own independent life, so they could do whatever they want. Okay, but... you know, I feel really passionately about this, and I really feel like you're kind of harsh on my mellow right now. I just validated what you were saying. Yeah, I just feel like you're a lot... You're just not quite on my same level. I feel like you need to be a little angrier about it. Oh, Christmas isn't over even though it is? That's better. Should we spout out some shout-outs? Let's spout out some shout-outs, my man. You like this music that I added? Oh, hey, this just in. My friend, um... Gabby is going into Dear Evan Hansen again today. So oh, her I'm going to take scheduled... that as a yes. I just literally asked you a question and you ignored it. Oh, what did you ask me? I Sorry, asked if you I like just... this music. Oh, yeah, I love the music. I think it's a really great choice. Thanks. Okay, so your friend Gabby, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, she's going on as Zoe today. Oh, awesome. Okay, yeah, so uh, we, we'll have her on the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely we'll be having her on the show. Well, shout out to Gabby. Has she been listening to the show? Oh, I'm sure she does. <laughs> okay. Well. No, she's a she's a new swing for Dear Evan Hansen, so I'm going to give her the uh, benefit of the doubt that she is busy refining her roles in that show and has not had time yet to listen. But I'm sure once she's on, she'll start listening avidly. Well, I am excited to meet her. I have heard about her for very long, and... Um... Good, good for her. Congratulations to Gabby. Yeah. So uh, we've had some shares this week. Uh, as as always, we are making um, steady steady growth with a podcast. Um, 
again this week we have hit more downloads in seven days than we have so far so slow but steady growth and that is due in large part to your instagram shares so a big thank Thank you you so much yeah we i mean every single share we really appreciate please continue to share us you guys you can find us on instagram at nobody's in ny and on facebook as um the i guess i guess we have two facebook facebook pages i don't think we do alex i think that that facebook thing that you're seeing is just what our quote-unquote like name is but it's the nobody's in new york facebook okay well we should definitely clear that up so we can tell people which one to like well it's not two it's the nobody's in new york facebook page Oh, it's just every time I make a post, it says the Brother Stew. Share to Brother Stew. It's like, there's like the name that you present for your page, but then it's like who operates it. I put the Brother Stew. Oh, okay. Okay. So so follow us on, uh, or like us on Facebook, Nobody's in New York Podcast. Uh, this week, we were shared by Brandon from Sacramento. Thank you so much, Brandon. Brandon is a big fan and avid listener and has... T- like many people taken a lot of our advice as to as you know in terms of what to see in new york what to do in new york city mm-hmm. um big thank you as usual to alex ringler for sharing us we have some fun um developments some news coming up about alex ringler that we will drop probably in the next episode a big thank you to sarah from sacramento or i guess from la sarah's from la now well orange county now yeah um, she gave us a share. Thank you for your support. She, is she still working at Disneyland? She is. She's she's a good friend of Snow White's, I believe. She's also been a friend of Mary Poppins lately. They've been hanging out more. Oh, that's cool. And, of course, I am very honored to say a big thank you for sharing us to Mr. Clyde Elves, who we ha- interviewed uh, last episode. I thought that was a great interview. Yeah, man. He's just the tits. It was a little crappy, but it was a good interview. It wasn't crappy. No, it was crappy because he talked about, well, I don't want any spoilers. Oh, ha. All right. So, yeah, thank you to those of you who shared us. We sincerely appreciate it. Um, Do you have, now I have a couple of people who have reached out that I want to make mention of, unless you have anybody. Uh, I have no one. On the subject of bidets, Yenna, our um, European listener, wrote, sorry, Listening to the podcast, dot, dot, dot. In Finland, having a bidet slash hand shower in households is an average thing. Tim would love it. Just thought of you guys while having a poo and was like, all right, let's use this motherfucker and clean my popo properly. Was a pleasure. (laughs) Wow, that was a lot. I don't know anybody else who calls their culo a popo, by the way. (laughs) Oh, it's often referred to as a a popo in um, the ballet world, actually. Your bum hole? Well, that area. Oh, okay. All right. Now, that's a lot of information, and I told her I wasn't going to drop her name, but she didn't care. So, um, as far as all of the bathroom stuff... I mean, uh, if you're going to be loud, you got to be proud. Right. Exactly. Uh, she was like, hey, fame is fame. And I was like, well, I don't think we're going to be making anybody famous from this show anytime soon. But Just us. <laughs> um, but happy to have uh, her as a listener. Um, and if you can't handle the bathroom stuff, uh, I don't know. I guess you should listen to National Public Radio. Uh, Eric Stein reached out to us also to say that he likes the show. Um, 
I'm, uh, we keep making mention of him too, but he's one of our favorite listeners and, you know, one of the people who reaches out to us. So if you want us to talk about you on the show, reach out. Yeah. Thank you to those of you who have. Um, a lot of my Christmas gifts were based actually on the last episode. <laughs> that's funny. Which is kind of funny. Um, I think that's it for the shout outs though, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, and mom. Yeah. You know what? We never thank mom and mom shares us all the time and that's kind of shitty. Yeah. Like, mom she always made, shares she, us. She made mention. She was like, you guys never give me a shout out. You just talk about how I'm shitty. <laughs> yeah, mom always shares us on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. Um, Thanks, mom. I mean, I, I have people mention to me all the time that they listen to the podcast and stuff like that. People, uh, you know, every day, but... Um, not every, I mean, I've I just people, always have people all day long telling me about how much they love the podcast. No, but I mean, I can't list everybody who comes up to me and is like, hey, I finally listened to your podcast. You know what I mean? But um, I've had people who've come to see Christmas Carol who are like, hey, we love your podcast. Oh, awesome. That's great. Yeah. And that. Mm-hmm. And that. Reach out to us on Instagram. Nobody's in NY or on Facebook. Uh, nobody's in New York. And uh, yeah, we'll get back to you. Or if you have our number, send us a text. Um, we, we, we love spouting out some shouting outs, spouting out, that didn't really work. We love to spout out shout outs. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, oh, you know what? You know who reached out to me was, um, Josh Breckenridge recently. Oh. Mr. Josh Breckenridge, who we had on the show, uh, in Come From Away, we interview him, uh, and he does all of the different dialects that he has to do in that show. And that's pretty cool. So. Howdy ho to Mr. Josh Breckenridge. What did he uh, say? Oh, that he was excited to listen to Clyde's interview. Oh, good. That'll make the second episode he listens to. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a lot of people who we interview who only listen to the episodes that they're on. <laughs> uh, I get it. Yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I get it. A lot of people hate. People aren't necessarily. A lot of people aren't podcast people. No, and, and they should be. If well, and if you are a podcast person, you've kind of got your podcasts that you already listen to, so it's hard to get people to, you know, to switch over. Brandon said he was listening to our podcast, cracking up out loud at the gym, and the reason why that was special to me is because before we started this, when we were looking for inspiration, I remember you telling me you were listening to the McElroy Brothers mm-hmm. podcast, uh, my brother, my brother, and me, and you would crack up out loud at the gym. Yeah. So it was yeah. like a bit like a little bitty full circle moment for me. It makes me very happy. Yeah. Makes me be happy. All right, let's move on. And now for a segment we like to call Fatty Fatty No Friends. Fatty Fatty No Friends. All right. Okay, so uh what do we got? What do we got, Tim? What do we what are we doing today for Fatty Fatty No Friends? Today we are doing something a little bit special and also a little bit crazy. Ooh, kind of like us. Special and crazy. Yeah. What are you doing? Are you texting? No, I was turning down my earbud volume because somehow it got turned up again. Oh, okay. So for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time to this episode, um, last week we made mention of pickle and peanut butter sandwiches. I don't really remember how that came up. Yeah, well, uh, again, Ringler, hashtag Ringler ref, uh, Alex Ringler um, mentioned the peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. Yeah, so uh, we're going to try them. 
Yeah, I said I said we'd try it, and uh, I am nothing if not honest and a man of my word. And so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it. Yeah, we've each made our own uh, peanut butter and pickle sandwich. And I'm gonna say this right now: we're both gonna be both gonna be very careful to not eat into the microphone. Well, yeah, we're gonna see. So I've got no 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 no. We are going to be very careful to not eat into the microphone. All right. Because I will punch a hole in my computer if I'm editing this and I can't get rid of the mouth noises. An initial crunch. All right. Do you have a fluid to drink so you can wet your palate again after tasting? Yeah, I'm using my hydro flask. Thank you to uh, my friend Marnie for the hydro flask. Uh, full of water. These hydro flasks are fucking incredible, by the way. I have had ice in it since yesterday, and it's still in it. Yeah, that's the point. They're expensive, though. Well, but it's worth it. Uh, and I've got some coffee. So I've got my peanut butter here and my pickles here, my dills. Okay, so I made my sandwich. It's on a piece of potato bread. Uh, okay. I spread some natural peanut butter on it. Um, and then I, I sliced <sighs> up some, some kosher yeah. dills. And we're going to like, see what happens. I don't like natural peanut butter. All right. Well, that Okay. It just what, tastes like oil. To me. What did it's you make so your oil. sandwich with? Well, I so I don't have bread, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing it with. Well, um, then you're not trying a sandwich. Hey, why? What are we doing? You're just gonna dip a hey, pickle in hey. peanut butter. Shh. Okay. Come All right, down, listeners. Becca? So I will. Can I finish? Can ahead. I talk? Go Can ahead. Can I finish? I have saltines. It's not the same. It's the best I can fucking do. Okay. Just saying for the podcast, maybe you could find a fucking piece of bread. I can't just find... What, am I going to just go outside and look for a piece of bread? How am I going to just find a piece of bread? Okay? All right. I don't have any bread. I didn't have any bread. So I, I'm i doing the best that I can. All right. Are we going to do it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let me get my saltines out. You haven't even constructed... Oh, my God. Saltines knocked over my microphone. Oh, you knocked over your microphone, eh? Yeah, that's right. I did. T. Okay. So first you take the salt. Then you put the peanut butter on the salt. Okay. Now you take the pick. Okay. I've got my pick, my, my peanut butter, saltine, and my pickle. All right, I got my sandwich ready because I was prepared with actual bread. Okay. One, two, three, go. Hmm. Hmm. I have to say I'm not hating this. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I kind of like it. I feel like the 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 tanginess of the pickle balances the peanut butter well. I don't hate it. It's I like not it. bad. It's not bad. I don't think that I would choose to make a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. I might do it again. Yeah, it's not I mean it's not terrible. I, I agree with you. The tanginess and the saltiness, not bad. Hmm. It kinda tastes like a savory jam. It definitely tastes like a fancy food. 
You know what I mean? Like I would expect to maybe see this in some sort of um, variation on like a charcuterie plate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some sort of fancy all-natural peanut butter with pickles or something next to some fancy stinky cheeses and meats. Uh-huh. On a cooter shirt? I think that's something different. Oh. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I... I yeah, it's it's actually not... It's not... Ple- it's not cockapoo Not at all. All right, Ringler. Okay. You know, I okay. thought that, that... I thought this was going to be abhorrent, to be honest with you. I thought we were going to taste it and both be like, Ugh! Ugh! It's so gross! <laughs> yeah, not bad. it's not awful. Hmm. What are some other things you think you could po- combine with peanut butter? Can you fucking up? finish eating... <laughs> It's fatty, fatty, no friends. God, you have. It sounds like you have so much food in your mouth right now. Well, I have peanut butter and pickles and bread. Gross. Now I have a question. Uh, okay. Would you kiss a ma- would you would you kiss a mouth that you knew just ate a peanut butter? And okay, you sandwich? have to take a sip of water. No, I like that. No, our listeners don't though. They're not going to want to listen to I your make some, mouth noises. I want to make some hard K sounds. God, my my butt tightens every single time you do that. Would you kiss a mouth that you knew just ate a peanut butter and pickle sandwich? No. Next question. But your mouth has peanut butter pickle sandwich mouth. Well, not really. because Well, I'm not going to kiss myself. Are you asking if I would kiss myself? Because I wouldn't. That'd be gay. Next question. I didn't say I had a lineup of questions. So you think that you... So you would make that again for yourself? Yeah, I think I would actually, but I think I would want to use sliced pickles. I chopped up a pickle, so it was a little lumpy, a little lumpy do. But I think that um, some nice slices would be good. Well, give it a shot. I mean, I, I it's not my favorite. I wouldn't make uh, it myself. It's fatty, fatty, no friends. I, I, I would not recommend. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't discourage making it. I can see how somebody could eat it and really like it. Yeah, I, I recommend trying it. It's vegan. It's plant-based. It's not yeah. gluten-free unless you use a special kind of bread. Did I talk about on this show how when I was a kid, I would make nachos out of Doritos and canned chili and hot dogs? No, you haven't talked about that, but you should. When I was a kid, I used to make nachos out of Doritos, canned chili, and hot dogs. Wow. And and cheese. And cheddar cheese. Sharp cheddar cheese. I hate it when people buy mild cheddar cheese. It's yeah, like, what's what the point? You, what's the point? What are you doing? Get a sharp cheddar. Go sharp or go home. Don't you want to have the cheese flavor? Well, that's the thing. It's like you buy it's like you buy the mild cheddar. It's like you want cheese but you don't like fully want to you don't want to like fully commit. I don't know what's going on with that. Um I have some some fun bizarre some fun bizarre concoctions here like peanut butter and peanut butter pickle sandwich is actually on this list that oh, I have okay here on buzzfeed would you like to hear some of the other bizarre concoctions i certainly would we've got f- this one okay we've got frosted flakes with cheese can you elaborate uh yeah you pour yourself a bowl of frosted flakes and then you take some cheese and you cut it up and you put it in the bowl of frosted flakes like a bowl, like a bowl of cereal with milk, or just the, dry cereal. The, no, the picture I'm looking at here is literally a bowl of frosted flakes with milk, a bowl of cereal with chunks of cheddar cheese in it. Chunks. Well, slices. Like grated cheese. 
No, slices. What the fuck is a slice of cheese, Tim? You slice the cheese. I know. I'm just having trouble understanding why you would do it that way. It doesn't seem very conducive to spoon handling. Well, you're right. You're right. We'll have to try it and get back to the people. That doesn't sound very vegan. I won't be trying it. I'm not sure that I want to try that one. Oh, (laughs) oh yeah. No. Okay. So I would sooner try a, like a, like a rice crispy treat that had cheese in it than that. I'm not sure how I'm feeling about these sugary treats with cheese on them. What are some more? We've got some, we've got, uh, salami and grapes. I could see that okay. working. That's just that's just a cooter chart. We also have melted chocolate on cheese pizza. That just sounds f- fucking stupid. That just sounds stupid. Melted like, chocolate on cheese pizza. I could. I don't know. For some reason, I can imagine uh, some high person spreading Nutella on a on a cheese pizza, like a little Caesar's cheese pizza or something, and tasting it. But I can't imagine like tempering chocolate and putting it on top of your za. Yeah, and the, the pig. Yeah, no, me neither. This is ugh, that's stupid. That's stupid. Uh, well, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. I mean, we haven't tried it. No, no, Tim, no, that's fucking stupid. Chocolate on a cheese pizza with tomato sauce and cheese. No, that's fucking dumb. Whoever did that is an idiot. I kind of like when people call cheese pizza plain pizza. That makes my skin crawl. Why? Because it is it's plain, not plain pizza. But you would never order a pizza without cheese on it. I mean, you. I mean, I guess you would, but like, if I order a pepperoni pizza, I don't have to say, "Can I get a pepperoni and cheese pizza, please?" I would also never order a cheese pizza because I'm not a five year old. Well, Papa Murphy's does a five dollar Friday cheese pizza, and then Dad just puts his own toppings on it. Yeah, like at well, home. I... When you started eating pizza, did you start with cheese pizza as a child? Yeah, I think I think most children do. I, I think so too. What was your? Do you remember what the first topping you were daring enough to add to your cheese pizza was? Pecoroni. Interesting. I feel that your uh, your choices is the common choice to start with pepperoni. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. I started with black olives. I went yeah, from I plain know. pizza to black olive pizza. I order my pizzas with black olives on them when I'm with you. But here's the thing. I don't really like them on my pizza, but I love you so much that it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. But you know what? We can also save a little money and just get it on half the pizza from now on. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited to eat pizza when I get to Sacramento. We also have a peanut butter on a hamburger. We've talked about that on the show before. I've had one before. It's delicious. I've been to places that offer that. I'm not sure that I would necessarily do that. Harlem Public has a peanut butter burger. You should get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very um, yummy. And you can get it with the Impossible Burger. And that, I don't know, the Impossible Burger already has like a slight nutty taste to it to me. So well, when you get that in the peanut butter burger form, it's del- it's just delicious. We've also got peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We also have peanut butter and jelly sandwich with Doritos in the middle. Interesting. Now, what kind of Dorito? This looks like a cool ranch, Timothy. That's what I would assume would be the best choice. I would try that one. I guess. I I guess. This is all about having an open mind and trying disgusting, terrible things and seeing if maybe they aren't as bad as we thought. It just it just sounds to me like like this is just stuff that people are eating just to be fucking weird. It doesn't sound to me like it actually makes anything taste better. Maybe the peanut butter on a burger. Maybe. Yeah, they sound like high concoctions or things that children would make. 
Yeah. To be like, yeah. ooh, I'm cooking. Yeah. Like when you're a kid and you fill up your soda cup with every single soda at the soda fountain. You know, like it's not better. It's just <laughs> stupid. It just comes out tasting like sweet tea. This could be interesting. This one is apples with um, salt and pepper on them. Now, that's something that could, like, have you ever had salt on watermelon? Uh, I think I have before, actually. That's not bad. I've yeah. had that. Honey on pizza. That's stupid. I've also seen pizza make a pizza. Oh, my goodness. I've also seen people make caprese. Caprese? Caprese? I don't I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've only seen it uh, written. Yeah, yeah. Caprese sal- <laughs> salads with uh, mozzarella and the basil and uh, balsamic, but instead of tomatoes, watermelon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could I could do that. That seems uh, like it would be a fun summer snack. French fries dipped in honey. Mm, I have had that. Okay, so I don't know if you all know this, but um, you can get honey as a dipping sauce for McDonald's. You know what? I have not been to McDonald's in forever. I don't remember the last time I went to McDonald's. Same. Actually, I do because I was really tequila hungover and it was like for, for like months and months and months ago. Anyway, not the point. When I was a kid and we used to go, I would get the McNugget Happy Meal because I was one of those kids. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I knew this, but I always got as my dipping sauce honey. And I would dip my McNuggets and sometimes my fries into the honey and it was so good. I remember doing that. I, I remember you doing that. I thought it was fucking gross, but I remember you doing that. Yeah. But that seemed like the natural thing to do to me. I, I always just thought, oh, honey is the dipping sauce that one would use for chicken nuggets, I guess. Well, there was a honey mustard. I, ne- I didn't do that, though. It was always the honey. And it makes me wonder if it was actual bee honey or if it was just high fructose corn syrup. They were like, oh, Ooh. I'm sure I'm sure McDonald's is using the highest quality organic honey. Yeah, locally sourced. Free trade. Uh, although it wouldn't really be trading because it would be locally sourced. <laughs> <laughs> honey on French fries is good, though. Uh, have you you have have you had honey on sweet potato fries? No. Oh, I don't eat good. sweet potato fries s- as a dessert thing. Well, oh, okay, fair enough. Anyway, uh, we have peanut butter and onion sandwich. That's again. Ugh. What are you thinking? Like, what what happened to you? To make you think that that would be a good idea. Now, are there pictures accompanying this that you're looking yeah. at? Yeah. Is I'm it looking... is it raw onion or is it caramelized sauteed This onions? looks like a... No, this, no, no. This looks like a raw fucking onion. Ugh. You know, I'm not like a big raw onion person anyway. I don't really like onions on my burger. Like raw onions on my burger. Yeah, that's... I'm not trying that. Yeah, I, I don't mind raw onions. I mean, I mean it's gonna you're going to have smelly shit breath the rest of the day, but... Oreos dipped in orange juice. Okay, this is just fucking stupid. This is just stupid. This is not like, this is not what I was looking for. This just sounds like five-year-olds trying to be gross. You know what I mean? Like I did this sort of stuff in the cafeteria when I was in the third grade. I didn't like, you know, I would take my salad and put ketchup and hot sauce in it and dare some stupid kid to eat it. Here's one that might be good. Here's one that might be good. I got one. Funyuns and cream cheese. I can try that. Popcorn and ketchup. Popcorn and ketchup. Yeah, now, I don't know. I don't. I, I. I. feel like the ketchup would moisten the popcorn too much, and it would turn to mush. But I, yeah, I, I think th- like a, a a popcorn dusted with a ketchup flavor, much like in the the vein of ketchup, ketchup chips. chips yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, I have a, I have a list in front of okay, me. Okay, you give me because these are just, these are just stupid. It's I'm getting angry. Okay, so 
vanilla ice cream and soy sauce. Stupid. That's also on this list. That's dumb. Oh, wait. This might be the same list, but I'm seeing apple pie with melted cheese, and that sounds natural. That sounds I actually like it ha- would be good. I have heard of that. Yeah, I, I would I would try that. Waffles and cream cheese. Well, waffles can be eaten. You can use them for savory things. Like, it's only sweet because you put syrup on it. Sorry, excuse me. Syrup. Uh, okay, here's 18 weird food combinations. But this is from Spoon University. So maybe it'll be different than the BuzzFeed one you're looking at. Lay it on me. Okay, here we go. Hot sauce and cauliflower. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Okay, maybe. Sure. Cauliflower is a stupid vegetable, but okay. You know what that just sounds like to me, though? Like a vegan buffalo wing. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Avocado and chocolate. No. To make a chocolate mousse. Um, sriracha and peanut butter. I don't know what's going on with this peanut butter thing. I don't know why we're trying to stick it everywhere. I don't, I, w- am I missing something? Well, it's a cooling agent. It's like you were talking about with adding it to your Thai food. Yeah, but if you need a cooling agent for sriracha, then just have ketchup. Fair. I mean, isn't it essentially just spicy ketchup? Yeah, uh, yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? I think it is. Um, broccoli and Cheetos. What? Broccoli and Cheetos? Yeah. You crushed them lightly and added as a topping to your broccoli, apparently. Kind of defeats the purpose of eating the broccoli, but okay. Well, I guess it's better than putting, like, Velveeta on it. So the so my choices are either Velveeta or Cheetos on top of my broccoli. Yeah, those are your two choices. I couldn't put just, like, normal cheese on it or, like, <laughs> Parmesan or, like, anything Or just like eat that. it without cheese because you're a grown-up. Yeah, just eat it because maybe that's not the meal that you should be eating cheese on. Maybe that's not your cheat meal. Something I've heard of before, salting your chocolate milk. Yeah, I've never tried it. It sounds weird, but I've never tried it. You know, I'm not a big fan of sea salt in my chocolate. Oh, really? I don't like, yeah, I don't like sea salt when it's like, ooh, you know, chocolate and sea salt or whatever and sea salt because you're eating whatever you're eating and then you get this big fucking bite of like salt. You like this big, you know what I mean? Like just this big, I don't like that. I like it to be thinly, you know, I like it to be spread out. Yeah. Uh, Olive oil on your ice cream. Why? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that we last learned in our last interview that olive oil, where it does not belong, will cause you to shit your pants on stage. So I'm going to steer clear of that, Gelato. Uh, this is ramen and cheese, uh, bourbon and pickle juice, which we've done. We've done the pickle back. It's actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Champagne and fried chicken. <laughs> is that just like drinking champagne while you're eating yeah. the fried chicken? Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's well. I tell you what, when I drink a lot of champagne, <laughs> fried chicken sounds awfully good. Here we go. Peanut butter bacon and banana sandwich that's the definitive one isn't that the isn't that the elvis presley sandwich well i don't think he added bacon to it but i'm kind of thinking about this one i'm kind of thinking about this one you can taste this one it's i i'm not gonna do the bacon it'll upset my tum tum but you can do the you can try that that'd be well you're a free vegan too though you're not like a gung-ho you're not like a shiite vegan yeah i know but i had a little bacon on christmas and oh god it just hurts me alex it hurts me yeah i'm never not gonna eat these things again I'm not going to never eat these things again. It's just, um, i got to be careful. I'm sensitive. Ooh, I have a sensitive belly. Ooh, this belly. Um, I would like to try that one. I would like to try that. Peanut butter, bacon, and uh, banana. For some reason, that sounds good to me. 
Um, you know what I have a feeling we're going to end up doing in the future? Making millions of dollars. I think we're going to end up with a cooking channel where we make weird flavor combinations. And it'll be like a spinoff of Fatty Fatty No Friends. I feel like you've always been very good at coming up with combinations of food. Like things to put in your food to make it taste better. I try. Like fat kid things. No offense. Go on. I just mean like... Well, I talked about on the show before when like you would do like tater tots and like um, corn and cheese together. I don't remember putting corn in there, but I mean that doesn't sound bad. Or you'd or you talk about things like that that you wanted to do. Like I mean, we like I mentioned before. I think I mentioned on the show before we would do nachos, but instead of just normal chips, we do Doritos or Cheetos, and then cut up hot dogs and put those in in there. Yeah, hot dogs though are horrible for you. Um, tend to make things that have. Uh, some sort of bean or chili mix, much more delicious. Oh, oh, I love a dog. Everything's better with a hot dog. My pirouettes are better with a hot dog. I wonder if there's anything to a peanut butter hot dog. Oh, I'm sure somebody's fucking trying it because, like, oh, this is good. We got to force some peanut butter in there. Here's the thing. Like, I, I, I like peanut butter, but it's, it's I, I, I'm, here's my fear, okay? Here's, here's, here's where I get a little worried. I'm just a little nervous that peanut butter is starting to become a flavor bully like bacon. I disagree. I feel like it is a craze in the same way that bacon was, but I feel like peanut butter is such a natural flavor enhancer that has really stood the test of time. But picture this, picture this. Little mini bagel dog bites or a uh, pigs in a blanket, maybe even. If you say with peanut butter, nice, on, I'm going to chuck my microphone across this A room. nice hot mustard mixed with a melted peanut butter. Oh, my God. See, we're becoming obsessed. I like peanut butter. Did you just and make that up? I can't up, have ranch you... anymore. Yeah, I just made it up. Okay. I get you. Well, should we end it there? Yeah, that's good. Okay, so I guess the next thing to try will be the peanut butter, bacon, and fried banana sandwich. Yes, either that or the peanut butter and jelly with Cool Ranch Doritos. Okay, well, you can try that, and I'll try the one with bacon. I th- I like it when we both I mean, try it. You can try. I do, too. You can try the one with bacon. I mean, it's not going to kill you. I will. I'll try it. No, I'll try it. I'll try it. God, get off my butt. Okay. Get out of my butt. Shouldn't have to tell you that. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, this has been... Fatty Fatty No Friends. Fatty Fatty No Friends. Let's talk about Broadway! Something familiar, something peculiar, something for everyone. Let's talk about Broadway. Hey! Nice, that scans. Thanks, just made it up. All right, cue the white Christmas. Cue the white Christmas! Rolling! Speed! Mark! The theater, the theater. What's happened to the theater? Um, okay. So, hey, what do you want to talk about this week on Let's Talk About Broadway? I want to talk about what Broadway. it's like to actually... We're going to talk about Broadway. Yes. Oh, yep, yeah, we are. We're going to, you know what I saw that was very funny? Max Clayton put it. So Max Clayton is going into Pretty Woman now. And he debuted, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was today even, um, which was earlier than he anticipated. But his castmates had made this funny video on an Instagram story that was like, yay, Max makes his Broadway debut tonight. Yay. And they were all cheering. He's like, you guys, this isn't my Broadway debut. <laughs> and he was like, they were the, the cast was like, oh, how many have you done? He's like, 
this is like my sixth one. They're like, oh, well, good luck. Wow. Yeah, same, same. (laughs) It was funny. I like it. Isn't it crazy how many people, like, some people just do so many Broadway shows. They just do, like, fucking Broadway show after Broadway show. And, like, the rest of us, like, the the other 1100 of us are just, like, hoping to just get in one show. Just once. I don't even care if it's a flop. I think it must be something where you gain momentum. Like, when you do one, I think it's probably that much easier to book a second. And then once you book a second, it's, like, even that much easier to book a third. Right? Wouldn't you think? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know. We should um, we should ask somebody, uh, maybe if we ever get, like, Jennifer Foote or somebody on the show who's done a million Broadway shows, we should ask ask her what opinion do you mean, if? on that. When? When? We really do need to talk to her about getting her on the show, actually, because she's from Sacramento and she is Broadway. We're not here to talk about Jennifer Foote. We're here to talk about, well, what did you want to talk about this week, Tim? I wanted to talk about what it's like to actually audition for a Broadway show. Yeah, and I think that that's actually a really interesting thing that you brought up because um, before I moved to the city, I always had an idea of what it was like. And, and I remember my first audition for a Broadway show, I was shocked at at what it actually was, how it was. How it all worked. Yeah, how it actually worked. And, and and the thing about it is it's really not that... Well, the, the, the biggest thing about it, I'll say, is that it's really not that different from any other audition. Yeah. I mean, you have... So when you're in school, there are auditions work a certain way, and you know every, everybody, and you can try to do mock auditions as much as you want, and that's all great, and it really helps. But it just isn't the same as doing an actual audition. I would agree with that, yes. But, um Go ahead. Yeah, continue. Well, I, so so my first my first audition in New York was for a Broadway show. It was for Paramore on Broadway. Can I just say something real quick before we get into this? Yeah. The biggest for me, the biggest difference between like a mock audition that you do in school and the real thing is the fact that you can't unknow your teachers and the guest people who are doing this audition. Right. And the biggest thing for me is just the nerves of these people who you're auditioning for. It's the stakes. You really want to make a good impression. You can't pretend, no matter how good of an actor you are, in a mock audition that your teachers sitting across the table from you aren't your teachers, but are instead people who hold your fate in their hands. Yes, that's a very good point. And actually, maybe instead of talking about my first Broadway audition, we should talk about um, Tootsie. Because that was a new Broadway musical that I auditioned for and got very far got to the last the final callbacks in and 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 you were there kind of with me through that you weren't there physically but i you know was on the phone with you constantly the whole step of the process yeah Uh, every step of the process i should say um so the way that that worked is if, if you're a if you're a dancer the way that it works is like this generally you have eccs and ecc is an equity chorus call now you don't always ha- you don't have to be equity to attend those calls, but you might not be seen. They might not watch you dance or see. You yeah, you might be invisible. So I was equity, and I went in for this. I saw this thing on um, on Actors Equity for Tootsie, this new musical. Dennis Jones is choreographing. Scott Ellis is directing, and I thought, well, I mean, both of them already have their people. There's no point in me going to the ECC, um, but I might as well go because an audition is practice. 
So I went in and there were about a hundred other guys there at least. And, uh, you know, did the dance combination was a little starstruck because Dennis Jones is Dennis Jones. And, um, I had actually met him uh, once before, but he's a Tony nominated, you know, choreographer. And, uh, I went in and auditioned and had coffee with Ringler, Alex Ringler, actually, and another friend of ours trip and didn't think about it again. And then a couple months later, I got an email from my agent that I had a callback. So I went in again and danced again um, for them. And then they asked me to stay and sing. So I stayed and I sang a 32 bar. Was it 32, 16 or 32 bar cut? Um, Left, didn't hear anything for another, you know, week or so. Got another callback. Went in, danced again. They had sent me some sides, some acting sides. Um, so by this time I was like, oh, this is actually a thing. So I actually watched Tootsie, watched the movie. Uh, and then I went in and I danced for them again, sang the same song because I have heard that you should always sing the same song if you go in again, because a lot of directors or casting directors don't like it because they can't necessarily remember you from the last one, you know, so you should just kind of sing the same thing. Yeah. Um, They remember they like you, but maybe they don't remember exactly like. They don't remember yeah, why. Yeah, they, yeah. But there have been times actually where I've switched it up because the last one what didn't sit right in my voice or whatever. But anyway, so I sang and then I did the sides and then the director, Scott, uh, by, by this time the director was actually there. So the first couple of auditions, it was just the choreographer and like the music director and the casting director, um, which for this show is Jim Carnahan. And, uh, then by the time I came back and was doing scenes for doing sides with them, um, uh, there, the director Scott was there. And so, so I read the scenes after doing my song, Scott gave me a couple of notes and adjustments. I did not take the notes of the adjustments and did the sides exactly the same way. <laughs> well, or at least I thought I did. I thought I completely blew it. And then, at which point I called you on the phone and I was like, dude, like I blew it, like, I totally blew it. Like, I don't even know if they'll ever bring me in again. Like the stakes, I was so fucking nervous when I went in because the stakes were so high at this point, you know, or at least I felt like yeah. they were because it's a Broadway show. And at this point we're getting, we're getting to the point now where I could actually book this, you know? Mm-hmm. So I knew that there was going to be one more day of callbacks. That would have been the final callbacks. And lo and behold, even though I thought I blew, I, I, I'll tell you what, I went home after that audition. I talked to you on the phone I was so freaked out. I bought myself some liquor and McDonald's and I drank and I ate like shit. And I went to bed very, very early that night and just tried to forget about it. Then a few days passed and I got called back for the final callbacks. And, uh, so what are we up to now? Like five? This is, I think this was the fourth callback. So the fifth audition, the fifth, the fourth or fifth audition. Um, and I showed up. We danced again. I brought my change of clothes to 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 sing and do my sides in, do the do the scenes in, because you sh- I think as a chorus guy, even if you're dancing, you should always change if you're going to stay and sing. You should always change. So I changed my clothes and everything like that and sang and um, did the scenes and and that was kind of it. And then I didn't book it, and that was it. And the thing about it is like, yeah, there were a lot of callbacks for it, but it really wasn't any different. And didn't feel any different other than the fact that I knew the stakes were higher than any other audition. Uh-huh. And that, that was kind of it. And then and then I went in and then it was done. I never heard back. I mean, I did hear back, actually. They emailed my agent. I mean, at that point, when you get to the final callbacks, I think, like, the, 
the casting director should email your agent and be like, hey, it's going to be a no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, at that stage of the game, for sure. But Well, good. But that's, I mean, that's that's kind of it. I mean, the, I've been to enough auditions for Broadway shows now that I, I can honestly say that, that the difference is, is really kind of in your head. You know, it's just like a, a dance a chorus call anywhere else and if you're not a dancer you go you know now a lot of times if you have an agent you can go in and you can have an appointment for something and you know you might not necessarily always have to go to the chorus call but um well i went to a a principal call my only broadway audition was for a principal in book of mormon and it you're exactly right though it was it, it was just like when i would audition for a music circus or something like that as a young person in sacramento you just go in when it's your turn and you sing your stuff. And then if they like it, they give you a callback. And then for your callback, you prepare the sides and you go in and you do it. The biggest difference is really who's on the other side of the table and how you kind of channel those nerves, I guess. For me, anyway, that's that's what it was. Well, and I think in, in, uh, Robert uh, or Bob Cuccioli talks about this in the interview that, that, we, that we have with him. It, a lot of that that relaxation in those auditions simply comes with experience. I think it comes with just going to so many, I mean, the first audition I ever went to in New York city was for Paramore, uh, Paramore on Broadway. And I was so nervous. I hardly, I could hardly see straight. And I, I actually didn't even get cut, which was pretty cool, but I was so nervous and shaky, you know, and you know, I, if I ever had to stay and sing for, you know, big auditions, like, like national tours or Broadway shows, my mouth would get crazy, crazy dry. And I would just be, I would be so nervous just because I knew this could be the biggest contract I've ever had, you know? And then I think you go, you go to enough of them and you just kind of get used to it that you just get, you just get comfortable with it, man. That's really the thing. I think that's, what's really going to sell it too, is how comfortable you are. Sometimes in an audition, you just feel like, even if you're prepared, you know what you're doing and you feel confident with your choices within your piece or your sides or whatever. It's just the, like, the way you navigate your body through the room and the whole, like, oh, do, do, uh, are we taking off me? Are, are we starting? You know what I mean? It's, it's all of that. And once you get comfortable with just the way that it's going to work also. Yeah. I mean, there, so, so the, here's a good example of that. Like when you're in school... And actually, pretty much your whole life, you're taught that you walk into an audition and you say, hi, my name is Alex Stewart, and this is blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. I mean, you wouldn't say that because your name's Tim Stewart, but... Correct. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever done that in New York. I don't think I've ever slated my name. I think I only did when... I think when I went in for my callback for Goodspeed. I think uh, I slated my name because nobody introduced me when I came in. Yeah, and then that's a perfect example of like of 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 being relaxed enough and knowing what what's going on in the room. To be honest with you, I probably could didn't even need to slate that time that I did because I'm sure they were like, "Who's next? Oh, Tim Stewart. All right, bring Tim in." Yeah, they know who you, know you what are. I mean? If they're asking you to stay and sing, they know who you are. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So so by saying, "Hi, my name is Alex Stewart, and this is me shitting my pants from blah 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 musical." From- yeah. They're going to be like, oh, well, this guy's just out of school. You know what I mean? I think it's probably in good form to slate your name if you are being filmed. Yeah. In which case, they'll probably just tell you to do that. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, so, you know, you, you learn things like that from doing it and doing it and doing it. And do you always, do you say the name of the musical that your song is from? Yeah. I don't think I do. Maybe I should. Maybe that's why I'm not on Broadway yet. I mean, 
I don't think it'd be off-putting if you didn't say that. But yeah, I always say like, this is a marriage proposal from Falsettos or this is, what was the last one I sang for an audition? This is the boys from Big River. I think when I audition, when I, I think that my first audition for Christmas Carol at Goodspeed, I said, um, this is a bit of soliloquy from Carousel. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think you should just keep it casual. They see so many people. I think I said a bit because I was afraid they were going to think I was going to sing the whole fucking eight minute song. (laughs) I always want to go to an audition and be like, hi, my name is Alex Stewart. Well, I wouldn't say that, but hi, my name is Alex Stewart. And this is Mambo from West Side Story. It's just lots of music. And then every once in a while you go, Mambo. Mambo. Well, I would act it. I would act it, Timothy. So yeah, but but that's pretty much it, man. I mean, uh, a Broadway audition is not, uh, I will say this, a Broadway audition is not what you see on TV. It's not it's not a thousand people lined up around the corner of the audition studio on Avenue. Well, it is sometimes. It is no, sometimes. That would be an open call. Oh, oh, oh. That oh, would be oh, an oh. open call and it could oh. be for a Broadway show, but that's that's not generally what it's like. Um it's it's I'll most mo- honestly most of my Broadway auditions, I get an email from my agent and they say, "Hey, we have an we got we were able to get you an appointment for this show." You got to go in on Tuesday at, you know, 10 a.m. I show up. About 40 other guys show up. We all warm up quietly. You talk to friends who you see. You know, it's pretty casual. And then you go in and you dance. And then they keep some people or, you know, and then others leave. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been Let's Talk About Broadway. Let's give you a little cold order on that one. Hey, you know what white people love to say? What? It's the end of Act One. <laughs> That's not funny. Well, I'm laughing at it. What do white people say when they have to take a bathroom break? Maybe that's what we can put in here. I'm just gonna run to the little girl's room. Or I no no no. You know what is you know what you know what it would be? I need to run to the powder room. Hmm. You don't you don't think that's what they'd say? No, that is. I'm just trying to think that- if that's a funny way to do this. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh hey. You know what, Alex? It's uh, I think we've about reached the end of Act 1, and you know what that means? That it's time to take a break? Halftime. Oh, halftime, like our dad used to yeah, say. Yeah, if you're a, a straight white guy, uh, you would refer to intermission as halftime. That is 100% accurate, actually. <laughs> yes. That is 100% accurate. So, yeah, let's uh, let's enjoy halftime. Let's go grab ourselves uh, a beer and, and a peanut butter some pickle sandwich. Peanuts. <sighs> And uh, all of you can go ahead and put on whoever your favorite artist is, and they can perform our halftime show. Hey, look at that. We got Beyonce. Oh, look. We got Robin. Oh, look. Janelle Monet. Uh, I love that idea. That's great. Um, yeah, so uh, be sure to tune in uh, to us in a couple of days. We have our awesome interview with Mr. Robert Cancioli. And, uh, yeah, he's going to talk to us about uh, his career and creating roles like Jekyll and Hyde on Broadway. Out of clay. Things like that. Not bad, right? Not bad. All right, folks. We'll see you in a little bit. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Bye.